Welcome to the Leader Think Podcast. This is Philip Gryson, episode number 52, Unlearning. Hey, everybody. Today, I wanted to share some thoughts on unlearning. Unlearning is what happens between knowledge and wisdom. We learn things that are true some of the time. We learn things that aren't true at all. We become wise when we can unlearn what we thought to be true and relearn a deeper truth. As Todd Conkling says, the illiterate of our time is not the individual who can't read or write. It's the individual who can't learn, unlearn, and relearn. John Maxwell says, it's what you learn after you know it all that counts. Wisdom requires the ability to unlearn. Improving leadership skills requires the ability to unlearn. Moving away from the old view crime and punishment safety model requires unlearning. Moving from behavior-based safety to human performance requires unlearning and relearning. Moving from singular root cause thinking to multiple latent condition thinking also requires unlearning. Unlearning is the path toward relearning internal and external wisdom. Wisdom in your own personal leadership skills and organizational wisdom concerning safety performance. You know that part of the movie where the main character realizes that everything they thought to be true was wrong? It's usually in that moment that they really become the hero. It's where they become wise. That's where real growth occurs. That's why unlearning is so important. So first, let's look at why this is so hard. People learn beliefs. Then they practice those beliefs. The beliefs then become part of their identity. People tend to label themselves with the beliefs they learned. That's what makes unlearning so difficult. People have to change habitual behavior and their identity to unlearn and relearn. For example, if someone learned the three strikes you're out safety policy, they most likely put that learning into practice. It became part of their behavior, and eventually they identified with that learned concept as who they are. They may tell people that they often have to stop workers and coach them. They identify themselves as someone whose job is to correct workers when they see unsafe behavior. The more they put this belief into practice, the more they identify with it. This makes unlearning very uncomfortable. When this individual is presented with new information, such as systems thinking, it doesn't just go against something that they were taught. It goes against something that they have practiced and the identity they developed through that practice. When we ask someone to embrace some new concept, such as systems thinking, we aren't just asking them to discard something they were taught. We are asking them to discard part of their identity. That's extremely uncomfortable. Here's another example from my own experience. I was first raised as a Catholic in the Northwest. I didn't just learn Catholic teachings. I practiced them for years. And through that practice, I identified as a Catholic. I labeled myself as Catholic. Years later, I was introduced to other forms of Christianity that stemmed from the Baptist denomination. Sitting in church, hearing Baptist interpretations of Christianity was actually kind of uncomfortable. 
They were teaching things that weren't just different than something I was taught. They were teaching concepts that were different than how I identified myself as a Christian. This made me judge and question these different ideas. I felt emotions that made me want to defend my beliefs. I wasn't just defending something I was taught. I was defending my identity. Organizational knowledge, being a good parent, friend, or husband, being a good leader, interpretations of religion, political beliefs, all of these things are things we don't just learn. They are things that we practice and eventually identify with. To increase our wisdom in any of these areas requires the uncomfortable work of changing our identity. We tend to feel we are right in our identity beliefs. We can feel strong convictions about our identity. Asking someone to change their beliefs is often the uncomfortable work of asking them to change something they feel they are right about. If a person feels they are right, then their initial thought is, most likely, what we are teaching is wrong. The greater wisdom is that most of these concepts are not about right and wrong. Very few things are true all of the time. There are truths in both sides of a disagreement over how to lead, parent, political ideologies, religious beliefs, and how to manage safety performance. I'm right, you are wrong is always a dead end. Seeing the truth on both sides is where wisdom develops. It's uncomfortable. We have to let go of the labels we give ourselves in the process. We have to practice the wisdom we gain from seeing the truth on both sides of an argument. But doing this work makes us wiser, more approachable, more understanding, more influential, and more successful. I had one of these identity argument conversations recently. I was teaching a week-long class, planting the little systems thinking seeds all week, and on the last day, one of the students vocally expressed his disagreement. It was a lengthy conversation, but the deeper issue was that he was interpreting human performance as ignoring at-risk behavior and only focusing on systems. In his mind, he was hearing my teaching as don't say anything to the workers when they do risky things, only focus on the system. The discomfort he was experiencing was thinking that if we say nothing about risky behavior and allow it to continue, the worker could get seriously injured or even die. The greater truth is that both are true. It is good to stop workers when we observe risky behaviors that could kill them. It is also good to learn how the system influenced this behavior to make lasting change. Both are true. After I went there with a lot of explanation, he not only became calmer, he became curious. He asked for information to learn more about human performance. That's one of the best tactics I've learned in these difficult conversations, explaining that we are both right, both are true, instead of the dead end of I'm right, you are wrong. I've learned to give people a fist bump in these difficult conversations. I often say things like, I'm still your friend, I still respect you even if you disagree. I try to give strong examples of why their point of view is also right. Right 
to point to the concept that there are truths on both sides of this conversation. It's about getting better, wiser. It's not about picking sides. But more than just explaining this with words, I also try to make physical contact with the fist bump. The fist bump has become our modern high five. It is subconsciously associated with, we are on the same team. We are both right. Both things are true. That's one of the best methods I've found to increase wisdom in myself and others. Focusing on both are true. For the rest of this podcast, I'm going to focus on that concept. Some of these examples can produce discomfort, but on the other side of that discomfort is wisdom. I'll start with going back to my Catholic upbringing. Catholics and Baptists are both right. Giving up your life to become a Catholic priest who can never marry or have kids is honorable. It's sacrifice. That is true. That is good. Being a preacher who marries and has kids to instill those values in children who become the next generation is also good and true. A sprinkle and a dunk are both good baptisms. Both denominations of Christianity are filled with truth. Taking this further, I've known and listened to Mormons At one point in my life, I judged the Mormon faith as the wrong denomination of Christianity. Now I know that Mormons have great values that I can learn from. I've actually even been listening to a Mormon podcast lately. I have no plans to identify or label myself as a Mormon, but I can see the greater truth that Mormons can teach me valuable ideas that enhance my faith. Another example is secular self-help. Many people I've met tend to pick a side, either faith in organized religion or faith in secular self-help. At this point in life, I know both are true. Learning both enhances both. Both are good. In organized religion, I was taught to consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Eckhart Tolle taught me specifically how to contemplate the flower. I didn't pick one teaching over the other. I enhanced my understanding of Christ's teaching through a self-help book. Viewing self-help teachings as a complement to religious teachings enhances our understanding. Picking a side narrows our understanding. I must admit there was a lot of discomfort in arguing that I experienced doing that thought work. The process contained many years of changing the identity labels I would give myself. I even had arguments with friends over different faiths on that path. I almost lost a best friend, and we went a long time not even speaking to each other. But seeing the truths in different religions, denominations, and secular teachings not only made me wiser, it made me more connected to different people who identified with different belief systems. And the best friend I almost lost is still my best friend today. In safety performance, I was originally taught behavior-based safety concepts such as performance coaching. 
When I was taught human performance, I initially interpreted the old BBS view was wrong and that the new human performance view was right. Now I know they are both right. They both contain truths. Peer-to-peer behavior observations and positive feedback for safe behavior is good and true. Learning how systems influence behavior is also good and true. Combining the truths of both of those views on safety management is wiser than picking one over the other. There are so many things we are taught as one-sided when there are actually truths for and against these concepts. Today's generation doesn't want to work hard, but I've met so many people in today's generation that do work hard. You have to communicate differently to today's generation and care more about their feelings. But people of all generations tend to voice their feelings more in person and on social media. Both are true. Phones are good and bad. You can buy a book instantly and start reading it right now with your phone. Phones can create division at the dinner table. Both are true. Virtual training is good and bad. People can be more engaged in person and we can connect with our team more often virtually. Both are true. Construction is a lot safer than it was decades ago. Construction is still extremely dangerous today. Both are true. Our country is going downhill. Our country has made major advancements. People shouldn't say things that offend others. People shouldn't let the words of others have power over them. Both are true. People lack leadership skills in construction. Yet I have also met great leaders in construction. Leaders that have inspired me in their teachings and their actions. Both are true. We need to carry our own weight in a relationship. We both need to carry each other from time to time. Both are true. Maximizing the time in your day to accomplish things is good and true. Giving yourself space for meditative silence is also good and true. Doing nothing is good and true. There was a time when I thought I should always be listening to a podcast when I'm driving to feed my brain as much knowledge as possible. Having silent time for reflection is also good. I've learned that both are true. I first learned to blame circumstance for my problems. I would blame a company, a rule, or a person in a job or a relationship. This would usually result in me leaving the job or the relationship as the solution to my problem. But I had to unlearn that. Later, I was taught that if you change yourself, you will change your circumstances. I was taught that people blame circumstances. But I've also learned that some people just focus on changing themselves. If I relearn that both are true, then I will change myself inside the circumstance I'm struggling with. Then I will make my decision to stay or leave from that place. That's the greater wisdom that both are true. We are taught what to believe. We practice those beliefs and then identify with them as who we are. 
Unlearning the labels we give ourselves is uncomfortable work, but it always creates wisdom on the other side. We can unlearn and relearn by questioning our beliefs. If we relearn our beliefs, then we have planted a new seed in freshly tilled soil. If that seed is good, God will water it. You tend to that seed by practicing the new belief. And this process grows our wisdom. Strong convictions are good, but strong convictions loosely held are wiser. I can have strong convictions about faith, relationships, political beliefs, and organizational performance. If they are loosely held, then I give myself a little room to unlearn from time to time. I don't have to give up my beliefs, but I do need to enhance those beliefs. I enhance them through the willingness to unlearn hard truths. Seeing my beliefs as soft truths grows my wisdom and my ability to influence. I'm right, you're wrong is always a dead end and a narrow view with a limited success rate. Searching out truth and opposing arguments is how we become wiser. I hope you find an opportunity to unlearn something today and relearn new wisdom in that process. Have a beautiful week. Hey there. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave me a review. If you want to connect further, reach out at leaderthink.com.